Hi, I'm Psycho. And I'm Lala. And, and we, we are, are the Lala E Psycho Show. So we did a lot of things this weekend, right? Yeah, we did. We had a pretty uh, busy weekend. Busy weekend. We ended up doing Bully Cash Day. Uh, yes, we did. And it was a grand old time. So what did you think about it? Oh, I thought it, it, it was awesome. That was my first uh, time going to a, a dog show. I mean, and what do you call it? Um, the, uh, there was mostly bulldogs, but I mean, uh, different classes of American bulldogs. You had micro uh, bullies. You had uh, bigger the, the bigger versions, which I'm not really sure uh, what uh, the breed would be called. But but uh, and then you had the medium sized ones, and they were competing. For different uh, categories, uh, there were best uh, micro. The, I think there was uh, biggest head, which uh, mm, well, uh, who was it? The who was the name of the dog? The one mugshot. Oh, mugshot. Let's just say this: this dog had a twenty-six inch head. Yeah, that's pretty freaking large. I that's mean, large to go head. around that was a big one, and I and I kid you not, I thought he wasn't gonna win because I thought that other one next yeah, to no, him was, was a, gonna be. There was a, a a white one there that looked like its head was bigger, but they measured it with a, a, a type of tape measure that was in a little loop. Uh, they put it around the the head and they measured it, and like wow. So we walk in, and of course, in true Lala style, I was running late. Of course, like everything, like always. And so we missed um, about half of the, the half show. Half the show. Half the show. Um, because from what I understand, they had um, a dance-off. like They a, had a kid's uh, dance-off uh, where uh, other youngsters, they were competing, uh, dancing against each other. They're battling it out. Battling it out. So that would that would have been pretty cool uh, to see. I think. And I believe they also had, uh, since uh, we're close to Easter, they had an Easter, Easter egg hunt. Really? For the kids. I think next year, or I think we should do the first half to kind of compare. Because yeah. it was a pretty long day. Yeah, it was. It was I mean, fun. it started at 10 and it wasn't going to end until 11. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I mean, hats off to all of the people who put it together. Power, uh, powerhouse uh, Exotics. There was, I mean, people left and right that are telling handlers where to go. Um, people giving out the trophies, handing out the money. And because they were cash prizes. Yep. Um, and, of course, there was um, donations, I guess, given to them so that they could give out prizes as far as, like, dog food and treats and stuff like yeah. that. And But there was a lot of people involved from the MC to the people who greeted you at the door to, geez, I mean, we're talking about the San Antonio Event Center yeah. that is huge in size. And we're talking well over, what, 150 dogs? Yeah. And can you imagine? I mean, that I give it up to the cleanup crew. Yeah. That freaking yeah. cleanup crew had to be on spot because yep. with all those dogs just feeling free out there. <laughs> yeah. Some of them were, uh, well, I mean, they, they were on leeches, uh, but what that they were being walked around. And then, so of course, some of them were. Uh, in uh, uh, kennels, uh, home-built kennels, and um, they were uh, somewhere up for sale, some pups. And, yeah, and so like, wow. when we They'll, walked in, there was a barbecue stand right yes, away. Yes, that's uh, my friend Kay's, uh, what he caught, uh, they had a, a stand right there selling barbecue, uh, sausages, and uh, other uh, items. Uh, what got that he introduced me to his uncle who used to work for uh Warner Brothers. Oh, so, that's yeah. right. He was when what he I know he talked to you for a little bit. What does he do for what did he used to do for Warner well, Brothers? Well, he what do you call it though? I think uh, it had something to do with comic books. Nice, yeah. So, I mean, 
his I, I gotta get down sit down with him and because I'm a comic book collector so oh god that, that will be an awesome conversation I think comic books are just novelas to be honest with you oh yeah that's kinda. what they are for for guys for guys yeah novelas. but I mean there uh, there's women also that get into it but any but anyways we're getting off subject here now it's kind of tied in there it's almost yeah. kind of tied in because you have to think about this because. Going into this bully cash days, I was thinking that it was going to be a predominantly male show. Yep, and it's not. It's not. Some of those handlers were young ladies. Yep. Ladies that knew how to handle their dogs. I mean, because... Had them well-trained. Had them well-trained. I mean, whether it be on the leash, by their side, or just in the kennel. And there, there were also uh, vendors right there that sold the... Uh, accessories for the uh, the bulldogs man those yeah. freaking dogs were better accessorized than i am which to me i like louis to, to vuitton think. you know collars oh, oh yeah those gold chain gold leashes chain. um what else did they have they had all kinds of stuff yeah and you I, thought you know you kind of almost thought okay the men they're little humans the extra protein for their oh yeah uh, they had food. A special uh, they were they sold a special uh, foods for uh, dog food for the uh, bulldogs protein so that they can get big and what I mean the time and the the care that they put into those dogs is amazing from the moment they're born yeah but mine of my favorite part was being able to go up to each table yeah we went up to each table. We talked to some of the breeders and uh, to some of the vendors, and what and uh, there was uh, some were selling T-shirts and what do you call it, uh, baseball hats that uh, with their logo on it and everything. I mean, it was awesome. It was. I I kid you not. We went up to that one little table where the little the little girl pup started crying. Oh I went yeah. Up to, she was the most adorable bulldog ever. She had the gray coat with the blue eyes. She was precious. Yeah. She was. And I'll tell you what. When the guy said, oh, he is, she is for sale, I thought, oh, let's see how much. Yeah. We got a variety of price ranges for these dogs. Yeah. We got from two thousand dollars all the way to four thousand dollars, right? Yep. I mean that is. Um, um, and they're what do you call it? Uh, special bread. They're what do you call it? They they got uh, certain bloodlines in them, which is why uh, they're expensive. They they breed them specifically for certain traits, so that they can be dog shows. So what do you call it? That, that that's why uh, they come out being expensive, but I mean they're beautiful. These dogs are beautiful. They had one that I that I liked. It was a, a little a micro a bulldog, a micro bully, and he had uh, like it was a dark coat with kind of like stripes. It's called the Brendel. Oh, um, okay. she got. <laughs> she was obviously paying a little more attention to uh, the technical stuff than I was, but. What, uh, the, what, what was that again? It was a Brendel. The, the Brendel. Oh, the Brendel coat. I, I love that, that coat. Or the, the chocolate ones, too. I like, oh. Yeah, there were some beautiful dogs. But beautiful. you mentioned earlier that there were stuff like in different classes. Because yeah. there was. There was a micro female yeah. and micro males. Yeah. There was extreme standards, extreme standard males and females. Um, extreme exotics there yeah. was. And when we say there were puppies, literally they categorized them into six months and older and seven months to 11, 11 months. months. And these handlers were out there. And we're talking like multiple dogs because they would rush. One would rush to go get the other one and the other one, you know, to go get their next dog for the next, you know, category. They were just back and forth. I mean, it is a lot of work. Yeah, it was. A lot uh, went into planning it. The, uh, I believe they even had a DJ yeah. in, in the background. They had a DJ. And what was interesting to see that it was not just we talked about how it was female handlers and male handlers. 
But we're talking kids who are starting out, out. to keep their family traditions, traditions. of uh, Michael Bulldogs alive. So, I mean, and uh, there were people of all different classes, uh, too. I mean, what called uh, different type uh, walks of life, I should say, that, that got into it. And each one what called, handled their their dogs differently. So, I mean, you know what I, I, know, I, I was amazed. What I noticed that it wasn't just people of different walks of life, but it was families supporting oh, yeah. their families. Yep. And you saw you husbands think, and wives, you saw, what do you call it, the, the mom and dads with their kids, grandparents, grandparents, you saw grandparents too. out there. Yep. I mean, you could hear them in the sidelines. Yeah, she's got it. Yeah, yeah. Look, look. And they would, you know, just like a cheerleader, you know, they were in the, around the arena. They were talking about, hey, you know, you separate their legs and do this and do that. I mean, literally, I mean, it was a competition out there. Yeah. And you saw, like I said, you know, these families and just supporting one another, which was amazing. And not only that, but you had friends yeah. that were telling and giving advice to other handlers or other breeds yep. or breeders and telling them, hey, what about this? I mean, there was one instance where one of the handlers was already in the arena and he needed a shorter leash. Man, I kid you not, the support system that they give yep. each other. I mean, for another competitor to say, here, here's a, here's a leash, use this one. I mean, that's sportsmanship right there. Yeah, it is. There, it's a very tight community. Uh, the I guess you would call, say the the bulldog uh, breeding community. They're pretty tight. They they're like a one big huge family. They are, and we were there yeah. for the later part. And like I said, maybe next year we'll we'll do the yeah. the the earlier part if if I get invited again next year. Yeah, no, you will. And if not, I'm I'm uh, hoping K, or, no. K will K will say, "Hey, where is she? Where's Lala? Yeah, where's Lala? Where where is she? Yeah, but I mean, they were all uh also. It wasn't just about the what cut the dogs and the kids competing, but they were also raffling out two beautiful cars, uh, what that were customized. Well, of I, course. Th I think one of them was going to be for the winner of the whole entire show. Like, oh, was it? Yeah. He, they got whoever won was going to get first pick. First pick. Oh. So. One of them was a truck. The other one was a car. What was and, the car? Were, uh, I, I can't remember the, the make. But those, but, they had special paint jobs. Yeah. They were custom painted and they had custom wheels. Custom interior, oh, they were just beautiful. They were, it, even the truck had custom wheels, everything on it. They looked beautiful. Of we, course, we didn't stay long enough to find out who won the truck or, or the car because we had a, uh, another commitment. But had we not, would have stayed and I probably would have won it. Yeah, we were, getting, we were already telling each other who was going to drive what back home. Yeah. Unfortunately, he would have lost because I would have been in the new vehicle. No, we know I would have got it because I always get my way. Really? I thought it was whatever the lady wanted. I'm sorry. Not when it comes to this. Not when it comes to this? Not when it comes to a new vehicle. <laughs> I call bullshit on that one. <laughs> so, but yeah, so if uh, you ever get a chance to, what do you call it, uh, to check out a, a cash, uh, Bully Day's uh, show, you ought to cash it. There, uh, I was talking to Kay. Kay was saying that uh, they might be coming out with smaller, uh, what do you call it, shows, well, which would uh, he would let me know when uh, they would come out. So we got to go check those out too. But I don't think it's just here in San Antonio because I think yeah. you no, know, you know, me being the nosy person that I am. Yes, I know. I was paying, are. paying attention to the conversations that were going around. Well, it was a good thing she was because I wasn't. I, I was. Falling in love with all them dogs, which I now want a bulldog. Great. So I was paying attention, and they were talking about how in Dallas and Houston. And so I'm thinking, I mean, I know here in San Antonio it has to be like once a year, but I think 
they might even have some of these in different cities. And maybe they're even bigger in different cities and, you know, whatever the case may be. But I'm pretty sure that they travel. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of work that goes into this. Oh, yeah, there is. And I know Kay said that it's probably, it's only once a year. Yep. Um, and he would let us know if anything changed, like those smaller shows that you said, yep. which would be nice just yeah, to go see, you know, see what happens. So, but we did have a prior commitment. Yeah, we did. Um, so last week we talked about how Lala did it again. Yes. Uh, I, I take the good and one. did she ever. I take I'll the good one, people. Doesn't happen very often, but I got to give her props once in a while. Really? It doesn't happen very often? No, it doesn't. Every great I always idea. get it right. Every great idea has been mine. No, every great idea has been mine, but she steals my ideas. Jeez. Louise, yeah, right. So we had um, <laughs> made reservations to go back to the Greek restaurant we went to last oh, week. Oh, yeah. And I, was, and I didn't find my Greek wife. No. He had to depend on me again. Sorry, people. Yeah. The story of my life. <laughs> so all week long, we were talking about, are we going to go? We're not going to go. And then I put my foot down. I said, are we going to reserve this table yeah, or not? Yeah, put her foot down. I have to tell her, will you make the reservation already? Like well, you weren't excited about going. Yes, I was. Of course, belly dancers and Gaddafi. <laughs> I would have just gone just simply for the Gaddafi. So I made our reservations, and we actually, we actually ended up going. It started at nine thirty yesterday, and I don't yeah. know. I was excited. I don't think I had really anything to eat yesterday because oh, yeah, I we were wanted our appetite for that. Right? I mean, yeah. I was looking forward to seeing what was it that we were going to have. What was they going to bring out to us? Oh, I know. It was, you know, so... And of, of course, we got there early because I like to be early to everything. I'm like, someone! But we got there early and quite a there wasn't... Uh, there's still a whole lot of people, so we, we got to pick where we sat. But what you had to... as When you sat down, you had to greet uh, the people that were sitting next to you. Or around you, it, they were trying to create kind of like a family atmosphere. I know. It wasn't like separated tables. They were lined up row tables. Yeah. I mean, so you were sitting next to somebody. They had a certain amount of people that they were waiting or counting on, and they had laid out the tables. Although I think there was a little bit more than expected. Yeah, I think so, too, because by the end of the night, we were packed. Well, I shouldn't say we were because I don't own the restaurant. But, I mean, they were packed. And so we got to sit down by, uh, apparently, it, we sat down at a table of, let's see, 12 people? Yeah, 12 people. 12 people. And um, so we were we were sitting there introducing ourselves, um, you know, getting to know each other. And, of course, right away, the servers came to you. Yep. And came to you, what do you want to drink? Do you want dry? Do you want sweet? What is it that you want to drink? They were all about... The wine. The wine. So they asked her if she wanted a sweet wine or, or a bitter wine. And what do you call it? Uh, uh, you got sweet, right? Of course. I'm such a sweet person. Oh, my Lord. Who wouldn't? I'm such a sweetheart to begin with. They gave her sweetness. Because she knew she was with the sweet guy. Oh, what? So it had to go well with the sweet guy. Whatever. <laughs> so they, as soon as you walked in, greeted you, sat you down, so and poured you your poured your you wine. a glass of wine right away. And, and I, they, I mean, but they didn't just go up to you and ask you, "Do you want wine? Uh, do you want a sweet or bitter?" They actually carried out a conversation with you, and they joked around with you as if they were. Long-time friends. Yeah. So that, that was the awesome part about it. Yeah, that was wonderful in itself. Um, but I guess they waited for all of us to get seated to get there, and they started with yeah. our appetizers. And mind you, it was a three-course meal paired mm -hmm. with wine, and it was going to be entertainment and all of this great stuff. So they pulled out these appetizers, and it was Fried calamari, um, tomatoes. Uh, it looked like on the non, uh, like a bread, right? Yeah. It was like bread. It was like a little uh, biscuit type of thing. 
and their citrus rice. Yeah. Now, come on. How amazing is a Greek person to get to label a rice as an appetizer? Yeah. Right? I mean. Uh, It was amazing. That was like a Mexican dream, right? Yeah. Rice for an appetizer? Yeah, I know. I loved it. And quite a me, I like tasting new new foods. I like uh, for trying new foods. Needless to say, what uh, when I, uh, I was in the navy, we uh, at every port I would try all kinds of different uh, foods. I've tried wombat. I've tried camel burger. So I mean, this uh, trying calamari and uh, appetizers, uh, it, it was amazing. Yeah, but. Every time you'd go to the port, they would make you do like the buddy system. What yeah, I, yeah, but I'd always lose my buddies. You would always <laughs> lose them. Yes, you would always tell them that you would go to the bathroom and sneak away, yep. right? And yep. then we wonder why, <laughs> why you would get escorted back to the boat. Because <laughs> I was drunk. But anyway, as we were saying about Greek, and so then after that, of course, we sat down. We had the main course comes out. And it's this sliced beef with goat cheese and mashed potatoes. That was delicious. It was delicious. I mean, it was slow cooked. It was juicy. It was... You're making me hungry again. I'm making you hungry again? Yes, for some of that. Mm. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, during this whole time, they're belly dancing around us. Oh, I mean, yeah. like, from the, the beginning, they were belly dancing. And this time, I actually got to pay attention to the belly dancers. And, damn. He was, I couldn't, it was amazing. That was, even my if the eyes food, just kept following them around. Even if the food mm-hmm. was right in front of him, he was following them. Yeah, yeah, I was paying attention to He them. looked like a ping pong table going back and forth. <laughs> going back and, and forth. And the belly dancers were beautiful, too, so... And they've been with them for a very long yeah, time. One, uh, one of the ladies had been with them for twelve years, and the other one for seven. For seven years. I mean, that's a commitment. I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, one of them was named Valerie, and the other one was named Sandra. Sarah. Sarah, and it was something with an S. Obviously, we know which one he liked best. <laughs> yes. And they. Let's just say that they would come out, they came out with a sword. Oh, yeah. They come out, which I got pictures on my Facebook, if anybody's on my Facebook list. But but they come out with a sword, they balanced it on their head, and they were doing all this belly dancing and moving. The I'm, sword looking at the, I'm looking at the jiggle roll right now <laughs> while he's describing and this. They, uh, they were moving and everything, and not once did the sword move. She was able to keep it well balanced on her head while she did all this movement and everything, which I was... Looking at, <laughs> you were pretty amazed by it. Yes, I was amazed by her. Uh, and then <laughs> they, dancing. they came out with <laughs> they came out with fire. Oh yeah, there, there was a, a routine where she came out with uh, it was like a chain with a ball in the middle, and they lit it on fire, and she was curling it around and dancing, and and mind you, in this very narrow space, just going back and forth, uh, dancing with the fire. And that took some talent. Oh yeah. Not I got, to I got hit anything. It. Not to hit anything. Not to scorch her beautiful outfit, her dress, or or damage her beautiful skin. Of course, if you must go there. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, somebody was paying real really attention. attention. Oh God. So, but they actually now remember people when I said they were going to get the males to belly dance. And this one over here said, no, I'm not going to do it. Well, guess okay, what? Okay, well, well, let's start from how it started. How did it start? Okay, because uh, it was already towards the middle uh, not towards the middle of, of the whole uh, fiesta. And what do you call it? Uh, they, they started getting, they had sombreros hanging on the wall while they started taking them off. And then they gave them to certain people. And then I like, we thought, hey, all right, well, they're giving away the sombrero hat. So then, you know, they gave me one. Oh, I was telling them, no, give it to Robert, give it to Robert. And, and But they gave it to me. So I put it on top of my Spurs hat. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'll keep it. And then quite call it, uh, once everybody got, uh, well, once certain people got past uh, the sombreros, they, another, the other 
belly dancer came out and she announced that whoever has a sombrero on has to come up and belly dance. <laughs> and I was like, what? Oh, oh man. At first, I, I, I was, I didn't want to do it, but then I thought, yeah, that's why it's you, an experience. You were I mean, taking you gotta, pictures left and right with the sombrero. You thought you were, yeah, you I, were right on with that sombrero, <laughs> didn't you? Come well, yeah, but then to get up there in front of everybody, belly dance, I was kind of embarrassed, but I said, hey, you know, it's an experience. You got if you can experience part of it, you got to experience the whole thing. So I said, all right, I'll go with it. You know, I mean, I haven't had this much fun in a long time. So, what with, moves did you learn? Huh? What moves did you learn? Do you even remember what moves? Oh no, I, I was standing right behind the belly dancer, so and I was trying to pay attention to her, to how she was teaching me, and I was paying attention to her hips moving, uh, like. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know. I was just moving, trying to move so like there her. there had to have been, what, like 20 people out there? Yeah, there were like 20 people uh, 20 lined people up in a row. lined up in a row, right? Yeah. So, you got to... And mind you, it wasn't that much room. When they told us to spread our, our what do you call, arms wide, I couldn't. So, I, you know, you I, looked like I, it looked like I had uh, little T-Rex arms uh, moving uh, <laughs> around. Because I didn't want to smack the guy that was next to me, and I didn't want to smack the girl that was uh, next to me, or end up touching it the wrong way so quite because so I, I had little t-rex arms just swaying around and what do you call it uh then they started make, making the the moves more complicated we had to what do you call it move our hips back and forth and then chimney and turn around and and what do you call it wave our arms you and, slid side to and side so, well, everybody else was belly dancing I, I, I couldn't do the belly dance, so I ended up doing the jelly roll. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to turn around. I didn't have room to turn around with my arms spread, so I had them close to uh, to my uh, abdomen. And it looked like I had little, again, once again, T-Rex arms, and I was turning around. So I just put my my uh, uh, hand on top of my head. It looked like I was like a little ballerina going around in circles and stuff. So, I mean, it was fun. We got, uh, needless to say, they got it on videotape. We do. We got it on videotape. Yep. It was pretty freaking awesome. Yep. And he was a very good sport getting up there, doing doing the belly dance, and enjoying himself. Yeah. You know. I enjoyed myself very well, much. We didn't get to smash plates. Though. Yeah. We didn't get to smash plates. They, but they did. The guys got on. They, oh, yeah. They brought up, like, I don't know how many dozens of cascarones, and they started passing them around to people. They just put a whole bunch of them on the table. So everybody was just grabbing it, and they were cracking it on everybody's head. I was cracking them in my head, and I was just throwing it up in the air. It was getting everybody. By the time it got to me, I was covered in confetti. Let's just say when, you know how parents get after their little kids about crack the egg first and then hit it on the hair? No, I must have gotten hit hard. You were out there hitting people with the cascaron is hard. It was all in fun. It was all in fun. I got I, so I got to have some uh, ladies crack cascarones on me too. Yeah, so like, oh, yeah, and I got to crack it on some ladies too. Um, so I was having a, a grand old time. That's good. I'm so happy that we both enjoyed ourselves. But we actually went with some people. Yeah, we went with my prima. Uh, Pat and my primo Robert, and and it was also their first time experiencing the Greek culture, yeah. so it was amazing. They loved it too, and of course we're gonna have to go to the next one, uh, too, which I think they're gonna have another uh, event coming up, which we're going to. So, um, just to give you a little bit of background, I mean, I know I work for what I consider my work family and they're very important to me and they're one of the biggest support systems that I have. And there last night, the owner comes out and she pulled out everybody from the kitchen, from the bus boy to the chef, just to thank them because if it weren't for them, she wouldn't have what she has today. That's and she true. even mentioned that she had to go through quite a bit of people to get the staff that she has. And, I mean, everybody was amazing in their own way. I mean, because as soon as we were done, they were picking up the plates. 
It really was amazing. Uh, she did happen to mention that they are going to have another one. Yes, they're they going to have it in June, June for Father's Day. Who's your daddy? And they're going to call it Who's Your Daddy? That's right. Who's Who, your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? I don't know. I don't have one yet. <laughs> I'm still looking around, people. I'm still looking around. Um. So, but that was, I really did enjoy myself. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. I don't know about you. And I oh, hope... yeah, I did. It was, uh, to me, it was the most uh, amazing I've had uh, in over a year. Uh, what do you call it? So, and, and that's saying a lot, uh, what do you call it? But I loved, I loved every second of it. I, I loved the whole experience. I would definitely do it again. And we got to share that with your primos. Yeah, we got to share that with my with my prima Pat and my primo uh, Robert. And just to say hello, because I really did enjoy meeting you guys last night. Um, hoped that we can maybe do some other stuff together. Yeah. You know. Oh, there'll definitely be uh, more opportunities. So that was really good. But yeah. So this week, what do we have lined up for this week? For this week, uh, I think uh, we're going to go see La Llorona. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I, I believe it uh, comes out on... It comes uh, out Friday. Friday. Friday, April 19th. Oh, and you want to go see this? I know. I I really uh, don't, what do you call it, like horror movies. You don't like horror movies? No, I, I'm not a, a horror movie type of person. But, I mean... La Llorona, uh, it's 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 a uh, a Mexican uh, legend. It's a a, uh, a folklore uh, legend. Uh, so it just interests me. Uh, anything that has to do with our culture interests me a lot, especially when they do uh, Hollywood does something to it. So I have to go and find out exactly how they modernized it or what. Uh, how they're telling the story of La Llorona. I don't like but I, scary movies, though. Don't worry. I'll buy you what cut some uh, Skittles or some uh, Reese's Pieces uh, so you can be fine. I'm not a freaking kid. You can't just buy me candy and put me in the corner. Fine, I'll give you a hug, okay? You'll be fine. No, but I'm screwed. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't, I, I don't like either. scary movies because I'm one that if I think it can happen in real life, I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm not doing. But don't it. worry, I and think uh, we're gonna go with uh, with Pat and and Robert to uh, what to go see it, and probably my aunt too. Uh, your for, aunt likes. Oh, my aunt loves horror movies. She can stay up all night watching them. Uh, like I can't. She makes wow. fun of me because she's seventy years old and she loves horror movies, and I'm what forty seven, and and I don't like horror movies. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm a scaredy cat. Me and you both. Me and you both. But you were gonna last week. You mentioned you were gonna tell us a little something about the legends of the Yorona. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, to start off with, uh, the Yorona is a, uh, a Mexican a legend that goes on through what you call it uh, several generations. It's been told from generation to generation. Our parents. Mostly use it to scare uh, kids into do either going to bed or doing what they're they're told. Yeah, we hit those subjects last week. Yes. How parents. So, did but that. but have y'all ever wondered how exactly did this uh, legend of La Llorona, the whipping lady, come about? Are you gonna well, tell us? I'm here to tell you. You freaking hold on! I gotta put on my professor uh, glasses on. Why you can't see through them? I can see. I can't see without them. Which that's not even go to them. That's like ninety percent of the time. But yeah, but still. Okay. Anyway, there's three versions of the legend. Okay, the first one uh, is of an indigenous woman who falls in love with a rich Spaniard. And has three three kids, and uh, they keep the relationship uh, secret from uh, the society at that time because uh, Spaniards were not supposed to marry indigenous uh, women, so it it was frowned upon. 
So they kept it secret and what do you call it? Uh, one day the span the Spaniard uh, goes and what uh, he cheats on her and marries a rich uh, Spanish lady. Well, she he comes back and the indigenous uh, lady finds out. She goes crazy, jealous, like all women do, like all Latinas. No, do. No, now you know no, where we get no, it from. No, wait, no, wait, wait. Don't, don't throw that bullshit card <laughs> out. Okay, and then when she gets crazy, jealous, she goes and she kills her three children. She takes them to the river and drowns them. Well, once she uh, gets over the jealousy, she instantly regrets it. So, what it called, uh, and then she kills herself, but she's not let into heaven because she murdered uh, her kids, God's gift to her, which was her kids. So her penance is to forever walk the earth looking for her kids. So you hear in the rivers at night and uh, what do you call it, uh, yelling, ay, mis niños. So what do you call it, uh, that's one version of it. Another version of the Yorona goes as far back as the Aztecs before the Spaniards came to uh, Mexico and conquered them. Well, it was recorded by Fray Bernardino de Sahagún in the general history of the of things of New Spain. And it states that's the goddess Chihuahual, uh, before the Spaniards arrived, bemoaned and kept warning the indigenous people and the Aztecs that there was a pending uh, conquest coming. Well, she, on the days of the conquest, uh, you, you could hear more often, but what do you call it? Uh, they didn't listen to her, and they still, and they get they got conquered, and that's and that's uh, the second version of La Llorona. La Llorona is supposed to be the Aztec goddess uh, Chihuahual. So Chihuahual. Chihuahual, and that's that's a Nahual name. And uh, the third legend is of the lady Doña. Doña Marina, uh, also known as La Malinche, and her Aztec name was Malinali or Malintzin. Basically, it's almost like the, the first one, but uh, in it, uh, she helps Hernán Cortés find his way to the Aztec capital, and she uh, helps him, what do you call it, uh, get in, uh, into the city of Tenochtitlan, and conquer them, but she falls in love with them. They have kids, but you know, she she can't keep them, so she drowns them. And what do you call it? Which uh, is forever a scene in, in the and heard in the rivers, yelling for her kids. But she's also not just looking for her kids, but she's kind of like paying penance for betraying the Aztecs, and that's us. So we, those are, we do descend from there, don't we? Yes, we do. So those are three uh, versions of the legend of La Llorona. Now, I don't know how Hollywood is, is going to modernize it or how they're going to change it. But uh, but if you go see La Llorona, keep in mind that uh, this are the actual, what you call it, three origins of La Llorona and that relates to our culture. So... Well, we're just going to have to see how it goes. Yeah. But I am not going to want to go by no river so, anytime soon if we're going to go watch so, it. So, uh, growing up, did you ever uh, get told about La Llorona? Or did you ever have any experiences with La Llorona? No, I don't think it was so much the Llorona. I think for me, to get me to do what I wanted to do was the Cucuy. And that was a man coming to come get me. I mean, who's not afraid of a faceless man? Oh, dang. You know, so I was I was made scared by the Kukui. Never the Yorana's going to no, come get uh, you yeah. or whatever the case may be. But it was, yeah. Okay. For me, it wasn't, uh, for, well, for us, my uh, my family, it wasn't so much like Kukui. The Kukui was mostly just a name that they would tell us, oh, el Kukui te va a agarrar. The Kukui is going to get you. But, I mean, there wasn't really no stories behind it. For us, it was more of La Llorona. 
And there's there's a, a family. You, you must have been the bad children. No. Well, yeah, kinda, yeah. So oh, yeah, see. we were traviesos. I, I'll give you that much. We were we were traviesos. But because there's a, a family story that uh, my mom told me once that my grandfather uh, experienced La Llorona, which at this time I can't remember how that uh, family story goes. But I know that uh, I remember this one time uh, when we were kids. It was during a holiday. I forgot what holiday. Uh, we had all, I had my cousins, they were, we were sleeping over at, at my house, and the parents were preparing the food for the next day, and they were comadreando, and uh, us kids, we were out of control, we were jumping on the bed and everything, so they told us, you all better go to sleep, or la llorona te va a agarrar, la llorona is going to get you. Well, what can, uh, we laid down, they turned off the lights, and we were still being noisy, and I guess one of my siblings or, or cousins or something decided to play a prank on me and what they got under the bed and they what cut uh, put their hand through the the mattress and so it scared the hell out of me because <laughs> I thought I thought it was La Llorona. You so I started No, I started crying. <laughs> so I started crying. And what cut and I seriously thought it was La Llorona. <laughs> <laughs> High five to that primo. High five. <laughs> but and then there was another time in the military. Uh, I was in the in the barracks. This was in Washington, uh, needless to say. And uh, me and one of my uh, shipmates, Quetica, we were in the barracks room. We were watching uh, movies and Quetica. We had the the window to the barracks open, and Quetica, we heard something outside the in the street. What's going uh, next to the barracks? And we're like, okay, what was that? Anyone? It was just us two in our in our room, and what cut? So we shut the the TV off to see what it was, and and we heard it again. And they're like, what the hell? But we thought there was somebody outside. But we looked outside, and there was nobody there. So we said, I'm like, oh, they always that. So we turned the, turned it on again, and and we heard it again. So we turned off the TV. We headed out to the uh, to the window and pressed our, our faces against the screen. And then uh, next thing, you know, we heard the uh, an ambulance going by. And then quite a call it, uh, and it stopped. Right when it stopped, we heard uh, a whipping woman. And after that, that's when we heard two car crashes crash. And like, and then I told him about the story of La Llorona, which was. His first time hearing about La Llorona, because he, he wasn't Mexican, he was a, a white guy, so it's like, he, he had never heard of it. So he just kind of like freaked us out, and we said, the, the hell with this. We we turned on the TV, turned on the, uh, the radio, we just started drinking, like, just to forget about it. But I was, so that was another experience of, of mine, but... Scaring the white people? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, so, 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 has anybody ever had any... Uh, the stories of La Llorona that you'd like to share with us, let us know. Leave us a message. Tell us what they were, and we'll go over some of those. Yeah. But we've got some Easter coming up. Yeah. Oh, week. yeah. We got uh, Easter coming up, uh, I think, what is it, a week or two? Next Sunday. Oh, dang. Next it's Sunday. It's one week. Oh, yeah. One week. What do you call it? Uh, yeah. So, for e this week, we won't be putting out an episode, uh, unfortunately. Because we're uh, being that it's Easter, we're, we're each going to be with our, our families. And you know how Mexican people are uh, when it comes to uh, La Corazma or Easter. We all, Everybody has their own traditions, they, uh, things they like to do. So we would, we're going to be spending it with our families. What was, what was some of the traditions that y'all had? Growing up, I mean, it was just a lot of family. I mean, because if you think about it, Usually the week before Easter, um, I think I mentioned before that half my family is in, in Mexico. Yeah. And um, the week before Easter, of course, they get La Semana Santa. Oh, yeah, La Semana Santa. The, the kids usually get have off, so it's like their spring break almost. Yeah. And they would always come up that week before Easter. So I had tons of family come in, and, of course, that's when – you wish you were off too as a kid because you want to spend time with your cousins and 
and do things that they're doing, you yeah. know, going to what, whether it be like the zoo or, you know, at those times, because there was no SeaWorld and there was no Fiesta Texas when we were that young in age. Um, but they would come in, we would have our family dinners, and then we'd get ready for Easter. And so for Easter every year, my mom would always put away change throughout the year. And she would do our Easter egg hunt. So I, I know many families do the candies and whatnot, but my mom always put money. And I'm, we're not talking a lot. We're talking, she would do like five cents, 10 cents, 50 cents. Some of them would have a dollar. And then, of course, the grand prize would be $10, you know. But there were so many of us that we were just going crazy looking for the Easter eggs because we knew there was money in there, Yeah, you know. So we would all go ahead and, you know, they would hide the Easter eggs out in the backyard for us. And then they would let us out like freaking um, little, I guess, like chickens. Yeah. I'll say chickens to go look for these eggs and stuff like that. Um, and those are one of the things. And, of course, everybody was in the kitchen getting the food done. Of course, we barbecued. You know, there was always fajitas, you know, the rice and the oh, beans. Oh, yeah, Mexicans can't be with other fajitas. You know, so we were always doing that kind of stuff. And we've kept that tradition alive ever since she's passed on. You know, me and my brothers and sisters, we all save our change throughout the year. And um, we put out, it seems to be we put out our, our Easter eggs and we pick a couple of us to go out there and hide them. But it never fails. We'll have over 120 eggs, and we'll try to remember each and every spot, but it never fails. We always forget a few here and there. So I don't know if after being or doing these Easter egg hunts, if we find them after the wild. But I think now I think it's been like two years in a row that we find one from last year. Oh, wow. So, I mean... You lose a couple here and there. I mean, yeah. you have over 120 eggs. What are you going to yeah. do? Can't remember every single one of them. Yeah. But um, that's what we do. What do you guys do? Well, what I remember, uh, we used to, uh, the weeks before what, the Easter, we would be working on cascarones. Every time my mom made us eggs, and trust me, we ate a lot of eggs for breakfast. We would save the, the eggs and we would make sure that she will only uh, make a hole at the top and we empty out the eggs and then we wash them and put them out to dry. So then she would buy us the little paper that goes on top and, and the confetti and the little uh, what capaz, uh, colored tablets to dip them in and get them colored. So she would keep us busy doing that and what we'd stack them up. And then on Easter, the, the guys, the adult guys, they would uh, barbecue, like usual uh, Mexicans uh, barbecue, and just, they love that. And they'd have their little beers on the side, drinking beer while they're barbecuing. The women would uh, be inside uh, making the what, side dishes, or they'd be comadreando inside, or not. Uh, some would be outside just sitting there comadreando and everything. The kids would be running around all wild and everything, getting on the adults' uh, nerves. And then they'd tell us to go inside and they'd hide the, the eggs. Now, what cut they'd, when uh, one adult would stay inside, make sure that we didn't peek through the windows or whatever, <laughs> they'd go and hide it and stuff. Oh, we didn't put money in there. We, we only put confetti in there. But I mean, we once they'd open the door, we would all shoot out that door running around all over the yard, looking in odd places, under the house, and, and the, what call it, those old-time um, clotheslines uh, they had with the, the, what do you call it, the tubes and everything mm -hmm. and all that. Well, look in there, uh, uh, move the grass and the montes, uh, everywhere. We'd be looking for them and, uh, with our little, because uh, not all the time we could afford those uh, Easter baskets. So we had... Uh, our little plastic baskets, uh, homemade that we'd go and running around, putting it in there or not the plastic bags. 
And then once we'd find them all, then we would run around cracking them hard on, on the adults' heads. And that's why them. you do it the way you do it. <laughs> yes. Because I, that's the way you were taught. I know. Jeez, it, it hurts. I know. We would run. I, I, I remember one time I was running hard. I was running real fast. And then I jumped. And my mom was uh, uh, talking to one of her comadres. And I ran, I ran and, I, and my hand landed on her head. And cualquier had the the cascarón and wow, it landed hard. She got mad. <laughs> I took off running. I was running. I was all like, "All right." I would have whooped <laughs> you, man. Yeah, and I remember another Easter. My uh, my parents had got his bikes, and cualquier my brother taught me uh, how to how to ride my bike. We went to the top of the hill, and we took off the chains. So and we just rode it down all the way down the hill, and I lost control and I slid and quite scratched on my knee, which I still have the scar from it. Oh, like it was cool because then, then the weeks later it got scabbed. I would peel it oh. and just. You're one of those. Yeah, I was a gross kid. Ah, oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, that was. I mean, we would get together with family, uh, with the the tios and tias and. Uh, barbecue and stuff, but uh, after a while, we just started uh, doing it just our immediate family at our house, and quite just my dad would be barbecuing and listening his, to Ramona Ayala, Vicente Fernandez, because you can't have a party without them uh, in the radio. So it was pretty good, and you can't forget Los Tigres del Norte. Oh man, you cannot forget about them. Yeah, no. I was raised on them too. Yep. But it, I mean, but listen to both our stories. It was all about family. Yeah, it was all about family. And all about being able to crack them cascarones on them adults. I think nowadays, I think the adults enjoy Easter just as much as the kids. Oh, hell too. yeah. Especially when it comes to the cascarones. I'm like, they enjoy cracking them on each other's heads. It, it gets messy. You got confetti all over the place and everything. Well, I'm looking around. There's plenty of confetti yeah, down here from last that, night. There was all over my shirt from last night's festivities. I know. So, again, we are not going to have a show next week. Next week. We are, we're going to spend it with our loved ones, with our families. Um, <laughs> so, But we'd like to hear what your opinions are yeah. once again. Leave us those stories about the Yorona. Leave us these, you know, opinions on what we can do, what we can talk about next time, where we can go visit. Hey, we're, if you have a place we haven't mentioned, like I said, to go eat and you want us to try it out, we will do that too. Yep. Um, but um, we will definitely um, be spending Easter holiday with our with families. Family, so there will not be... An uh, episode six this coming week until the week after. Which is going to be the tell end of Fiesta. Yep, it's going to be the Fiesta one. So we, we, I think uh, we'll be going to El Mercado, Mi Tierra, and uh, the little shops around there to explore, to see more of our culture. I know. I, I asked him, what do you want to do for Fiesta? And he goes, we'll go down to the Mercado. And I said, okay. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go down to the Mitiano. We're going to go get us some pan dulce. Really? Pan oh. dulce? Well, yeah, you can't. you got to have pan dulce. I guess. They, they have some good pan dulce there. I'm like, But, of course, we, we also got to eat at Mitiano. Mitiano has been around for so long. It's a Mexican restaurant uh, across from the El Mercado, and they got delicious Mexican food. And there's and they got, I mean, it's beautifully decorated. Well, we'll leave the rest to talk about on, on, on the other episode. So until next week. Okay. We'll uh, see ya. Hey, uh, for, before we go, I want to uh, send a shout out to Powerhouse Exotics. Uh, thanks for the invite to Bully Cash Days. And uh, ladies, Leave a message for Papi Chulo. So we'll talk next week. Thank you so much.